what's true is is it's early and the people that are understanding this are creating valuable businesses and it's spreading out it's it's emerging throughout salvador and that emerging is also driving bunch of tourism to explore what's happening in El Salvador and so driving a whole bunch of investment from around the world to explore what's happening to, to say huh I can now make a bet in El Salvador a long-term bet in El Salvador and so it's driving it so it's early and that will emerge and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger again one of those things is you being El Salvadorian and being able to create a podcast that can touch millions of people in El Salvador and help them and create and, and create wealth for yourself. That wouldn't have existed five years ago in El Salvador. It didn't exist, right? So all of these little things add up to something that's very, very big. And as our minds change to be able, be able to move this, then the, then it expands. Um, it expands faster and faster. So what I would describe that as, it's just early. Um, I had this, I had this talk with uh, when I went down there, uh, YPO, uh, YPO group, um, and the YPO group at the time was very anti-Bikili, mm. um, and 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 as a result, they were and potentially because much of their wealth was driven in the old system, mm -hmm. right. And um, that was effectively controlled and extracted from other people. And so, uh, so, so the first step in, in that uh, talk, because I'm I'm a YPO member here in Canada, and then have been for 20 years. So I was called, let's call it an insider to them. The first part of that talk was Bitcoin, and why they needed to get on side and understand because it create it could create so much wealth for them by creating value for other people and if they understood that i couldn't understand why entrepreneurs and business people couldn't understand that so after i got them over that hurdle and they understood that bitcoin is i have to take bitcoin seriously um it's important uh, it's, it's important for my family it's important for my business then some people were still very against it because of bikeli and uh because they couldn't they couldn't change. They couldn't take their view of Bikeli away from Bitcoin. And one of it's them asked... It's too politicized, right? Exactly, too politicized. Yeah. One of them asked specifically, what's the, uh, what's the worst thing about Bitcoin? And, 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 and I said, um, the, you'll hate some of the people involved in Bitcoin, and they'll make it better for you. Hello, beautiful people of the internet. Welcome back to Bitcoiner Podcast. Uh, today, it's one... Uh, you will love this episode because I I've, I love this episode. You don't, you don't have an idea who's our next guest. Uh, but personally, I had to say that uh, I read... This was my second book that I read on Bitcoin. So, and the author made a really good book. Actually, it's uh, a little bit shorter than the one, you know, the deciphering. Uh, but this is, uh, you probably heard about this book that is called The Price of Tomorrow. So you probably know who this guest is. And I'm really sure that this person doesn't need any introduction, but this is a podcast for El Salvador. And I know that, um, the Bitcoin world is kind of new to El Salvador. Well, it has been two years, but still we need a lot of education. So, uh, first, I'm going going to welcome the next our next guest to the show, and maybe he could introduce himself later. But it's a great pleasure to have here Jeff Food. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. Welcome. Thanks, Juan. Great, to, great to be here too. Um, and I love you're doing this in El Salvador. I love you're doing this in uh, Spanish subtitles. Um, more people around the world, especially in, um, in places like El Salvador, need to know this. Yeah, you know, this is one of the big, biggest gaps that we have, not just, just in the Bitcoin world, thinking in general, right? The the barrier of, of the language. So I think it's a good idea to to put some subtitles and everyone can get access to this kind of information. So as I, as I mentioned, uh, 
I know that you don't need any introduction. You don't need to to talk about your background. I know that you're pretty famous in the Bitcoin world, but you know, as I said, Bitcoin is kind of new in El Salvador. So maybe so the people that uh, don't know you, could you please introduce sure. a little bit about, about yourself? Yeah. So I would say uh, quite simply, I'm just I'm just an entrepreneur. Um, I've I, I, I've always um, essentially created businesses to try to create more value for people. Um, and when the internet was early, I understood what the internet's amazing impact would be, and I created an, uh, one business called Build Direct there, which eventually grew, which grew up to be about five hundred million dollars in value. Um, and funded and 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 was kind of on the ride inside the internet uh, with a mm -hmm. whole bunch of other uh, uh, with the whole bunch of what ended up happening in the internet so so invested alongside mentored alongside um, a whole bunch of the um, what some of the main companies you hear about today on the internet um, that led me to and and making all the mistakes along the way as well um, so that led me to question um, if technology was deflationary, if technology made our lives better by bringing prices down, mm -hmm. why was why was the world we lived in inflationary? Why did it do the exact opposite? So it, it led me to for 10 years I was trying to understand that and I was talking about it all the time. So that led me to write a book called The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is Key to an Abundant Future. Um, and then that uh, that took off because it was it maybe it must may have been the missing link for a lot of Bitcoiners to understand what was happening. There was a transition between one system that was going to end and a new system that was going to emerge, and what that would look like. Um, and then since that time, I've decided to spend more of my time in Bitcoin um, in in helping entrepreneurs create value on top of Bitcoin. Um, so we, so myself and, two, and, and a number of partners created a fund called EcoDeath Capital, which invests in, in the entrepreneurs uh, building, building on top of Bitcoin to be able to, to transition the world into a, to what we believe is a more stable, secure, open system that benefits all. That's so cool. And uh, what was your in the bit once you started learning about Bitcoin? What was the your aha moment that you know that everyone would think? Would I, have I, I would say for me, for me, there wasn't a specific aha moment. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's important. I, I don't look at um, when when people say um, I orange pilled someone. I don't think it actually looks like that. I think people decide for themselves over time and they see different things and some of those things um, adjust their learning and they don't even know, they can't even recognize the thing that flipped them. So for me, so for me, I, uh, what I must realize from that is maybe lots of people influence my learning along the way too, mm -hmm. uh, but it was mostly, it was mostly go, going through uh, writing the book and realizing that the existing system didn't have a fix um, and everyone was measuring a system problem from the system creating the problem and that that couldn't um, and that would be normal um, uh, that would be normal in business that would be normal in and it's why it's why entrepreneurs is, exist they see something that no one else sees and they create the future um, and so that would be normal in money too which most people would go in and think that they could solve a system problem from the system. And Bitcoin was outside the system. So once I understood that, that it could be a fix, it could be the missing link for, uh, for what I was talking about in the book. Then I tried to disprove that hypothesis and said, essentially I said, I, I was trying to kill Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. not, or notionally like a thought experiment with how would I kill it? But what would, what would it look like? Where would the vulnerabilities be? So when I, when I first wrote the book, I probably, I had, um, some Bitcoin and I was, uh, uh, investing in it, but I, I probably had a, even though I wanted Bitcoin to succeed because it was the right thing, it was an honest ledger. Um, I probably assigned a 5% probability of it failing over time sometime in the future 
So 95% chance it succeeds, 5% probability that at some, at some point it fail, uh, fails. And, and through trying to disprove my hypothesis and trying to disprove Bitcoin, I assign, I, essentially what happened is I became more, more positive it would win. And I, I decreased my probabilities of failure far down to somewhere like 0.1% today. Oh, that's amazing. Do you know, uh, uh, this is a, a heavy topic because most people, well, your thesis is about uh, uh, deflation, the deflation thesis, and we're going to talk about that. But uh, it's, it's super curious because normally people just actually don't understand that. Uh, they don't understand money, what money actually is, and even what inflation is, because we hear inflation in the news, we hear inflation everywhere, we hear inflation in the media, but I think we barely ask the question why it happens, right? We just think it's implied that they imprint more money, so, the, so that's why uh, things are more expensive. But um, I think these kind of uh, concepts are really important to to understand, right? So uh, I would like to maybe to explain your your thesis about what is the deflation sure. thesis. Sure. And what, one of the things you have to realize is that, um, as as I explain this, it's going to be hard if you don't know this um, to be able to under, understand it. I'll say even Peter McCormick. I know him as a friend. I've talked to him for uh, for years, and it and it was it was only on our third episode of recording that it finally clicked for him what I was talking about. So listen, look, we've made a bunch of shows before, and I have an observation about your book, and my observation is is that it of all the Bitcoin books, it takes people I think the longest to fully understand. Hmm because I think you have to see what's playing out in society to really understand your thesis. So he had read my book, he'd read my book twice, um, and, and it finally clicked. And I think that's, I think I get it now. I think it's clicked. Because, and, and again, what I say, we measure a system from a system. Most of your actions today are reinforcing inside a system that is manipulating your time. So just about everything you do, your pricing of goods normally most people are living in that system and they're reinforcing that system and they think that somebody can fix the system from that system and it's just not true and why why i say that is so uh, just for your listeners this is going to be hard for your brain to understand um and i would and uh, i would say uh, it, it, it's quite simple in premise but it but but your belief system will make it hard to understand and you'll want to throw up blockers. Um, so I'll, I'll start from there, and then I'll say this. So technology is inherently deflationary. What that means is it makes it, we use technology to make our lives better and to save time and money, just like we use a tractor instead of a shovel, just like um, that, that saves our saves our uh, time. And and um, and throughout history, technology has always been deflationary. Um, and now today at a faster and faster pace. And this is why. So in a free market, prices fall to the marginal cost of production. So no matter if you, if you regulate an industry, you can slow that down for a while, but you can't stop it. Because what ends up happening is other countries compete with your regulated industry and prices keep falling. And then your regulated industry becomes non-existent in your in your country because it's attacked from other countries. Um, so, so over a long enough time horizon, prices fall to the marginal cost of production. It's why the calculator app on your phone is free. It is why this Zoom meeting that we're doing right now is free. So it's these things touch way more people and they become free. Um, because prices fall to the marginal cost of production and entrepreneurs as prices race in to take advantage of this until there's zero pennies left in making money there. And then those entrepreneurs swarm other industries to drive the price down in other industries. So what's happening today is prices fall to the marginal cost of production. We have exponentially increasing productivity with 
with technology moving faster and faster. So you just have to ask yourself, what is the marginal cost of production of a line of code? And then what's the marginal cost of production of a line of code? Because at first, that marginal cost of production cost a whole bunch of people to create the line of code. But now, what's the marginal cost of production of a line of code created by the other lines of code as artificial intelligence starts to, to essentially build websites and everything else for us and technology for us? And yeah. it's zero. And for the same reason that you don't pay for the oxygen you're breathing right now, because no entrepreneur would come in and say, hey, I have a business idea. I'm going to charge you for oxygen. Um, that's the same thing that happens in, in, in this. So prices, and what that means is all of the work that we're doing on technology to make things better for people should make prices fall exponentially for people. And we should be able to work less and gain more every year. That's the way the world should work. But the only way the world could work like that is, is if there were a fixed number of monetary units. So in Bitcoin, there's 21 million monetary units that can't be changed because it's decentralized and secure. So what it is doing, it's re it is pricing what I just described. So Bitcoin isn't actually going up in value it's repricing everything else coming down in value. It's following the free market. And that will continue forever because prices will keep falling forever. In the existing world, what you don't see, why you don't see that and why you believe in inflation is required for a productive economy is because, because the existing world that we live in is sitting on top of about $400 trillion of debt. If if you tried to pay back one trillion of that four hundred trillion, if you tried to pay back one trillion it, um, at one dollar a second, it would take you about thirty-two thousand years to pay back one trillion. Whoa. But we have four hundred trillion, so the debt is already insolvent. It's already it's already uh, gone. But the governments can get away with pretending the debt is solvent by manipulating the number of units of money to essentially it's called financial repression or inflation to be able to make you believe the debt's still solvent and keep you trapped in that world of making you believe that that debt still is solvent um, and what ends up happening is every year you get less and less for your labor because inflation is the same thing as wage deflation so, so what, it, what, it, what it means is we elect people in government to steal from us because the, the, because the base layer, inflation, we, nobody votes for an inflation rate, right? Nobody votes for it. So we elect people to say, I'm going to manipulate money at a greater rate to steal more money from people who need it most and steal the productivity of their labor to transfer it into bigger and bigger government. That is typically what's happening all around the world. But it actually doesn't matter. So that will happen, and these parallel systems will happen at the exact same time. So if you're living in the world where your money's losing value every year, so if you're pricing your world and the money that's losing value every year, then you're going to be really confused with what happens next. Right, you're gonna you're gonna lose all your money. Banks are gonna close. The they're gonna take all of a whole bunch of crazy things are gonna happen inside that system, and a whole bunch of people are going to yell at that system because they've been stolen from, and they don't know how to fix it, and they think the fix is someone else in that system. So, all over the world, you're seeing this expand. It's getting worse and worse and worse, and why? Because the number of units need to expand faster and faster and faster exponentially because technology, that system is going this way and a mirror image technology is going the other way. So technology is trying to give you more for, more for less every year. And the system is trying to give you less for more every year. And so, so, so that is the ultimate thing that I was describing in my book and how that would play out. And, and in my book, if you read my book, it was written now four years ago. 
but you could see all of the different actions that would happen in the future. Like if you read it now, it looks like I had a time machine and went backwards and, uh, <laughs> and said, it's true, here's yeah, what's it's true. yeah, here's what's going to happen. But it was pretty simple to see if you understand first principles, if you understand what will happen as a result of a, of a system like this. And it's also pretty simple to see what's going to happen on Bitcoin as a result of it emerging as a parallel system. So the more people that are measuring the world through Bitcoin, what's happening in their lives is everything's getting better every year. Hey, Juan here. I hope you're enjoying the show. Just a quick break. This podcast is possible thanks to my partners, and I'm very picky with who I work with. So let's talk about them. First, Blockstream. Blockstream, the forefront of Bitcoin innovation, has something special for you. Get ready to supercharge your Bitcoin experience with a 10% discount on their incredible products and services. Whether you are into secure Bitcoin wallets, advanced mining solutions, or seamless satellite network access, Blockstream delivers excellency. And here's the kicker. Just use promo code BITCORNERPODCAST, all capitals, all together, when you check out and you'll instantly get 10% off. Don't wait, head over to Blockstream.com now to grab this exclusive Bitcoin boosting deal. Blockstream, pioneering the future of Bitcoin, and it's just a discount code away. Enjoy your Bitcoin journey with Blockstream. Now, let's talk about BitBlockBoom. I know you are all about Bitcoin, and so am I. That's why I'm excited to partner with BitBlockBoom, the top Bitcoin conference. Join me and other Bitcoin enthusiasts to deep dive into the future of Bitcoin. Plus, use promo code BitConnorHODL for an exclusive 10% discount on your tickets. Reserve your spot now at BitBlockBoom.com and I'll see you there. Introducing the BitBox O2 Bitcoin-only edition, your ultimate Bitcoin wallet. With a laser focus on security, this wallet is designed for one thing only, Bitcoin. Its limited framework means fewer vulnerabilities providing you with top-notch protection. The secure chips ensure that this wallet will always be Bitcoin only, no resets, no other coins. It's a commitment to your Bitcoin security. Unlock the full potential of your Bitcoin with the BitBox O2. Join the Bitcoin revolution with the best in security and innovation. I was thinking what about everything you said, and so you said that you mentioned that okay so bitcoin let me let me get this right so bitcoin to because it's fixed it's a fixed price you won't print more there won't be more than 21 millions of bitcoin ever so you said that this is repricing everything with deflation right with the technology okay yeah so, so what, it, is... what it's doing is not just technology mm-hmm. but the free market and technology i mean what it means is all human effort that is trying to make your life better is accruing to you through Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Because, you, know, I, you know, I was thinking that actually something clicked to me because uh, I, a few months ago, I was watching this interview that actually uh, made Carson to Bukele. And he was saying that something similar that gpd is not actually a good measurement of of things because it's all basically made up there are as you said like their own rules of the the people in power right so 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 just before you go on there so mm -hmm. you said gdp is a bad measure right Mm -hmm. and here's why Mm -hmm. um here's why where is your calculator app in gdp what the point is these things become free and then what it means is you have less things to be able to push up in price so that's why and 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 that's why food housing energy are going higher and higher in price because more less and less things are are able to be monetized there used to be an entire industry around creating calculators how about photos how, how about photo, how many photos do you take today on your phone versus how many photos did you take 20 years ago? That's mm-hmm. not in GDP anymore. It's gone. And so GDP is a terrible measure because mm-hmm. it doesn't measure, it doesn't, it misses the whole point. It misses the point that technology is supposed to make mm-hmm. these lives better and all prices are supposed to fall as a result. And just keep in mind, there's technology in houses too. There's technology in energy too. All of those things should be following in price too. 
um, just potentially at a slower rate. They should be following at a slower rate right now compared to um, uh, compared to calculators and things that have been digitized. But uh, but those will happen at a faster and faster rate too as entrepreneurs swarm into those industries to take advantage of of higher margins. Hmm. So okay. So the next question. It's clearly was a good measure of, of growth then. So so the only so when you say growth, I think that's where a whole bunch of people get trapped. What is real growth? Real mm -hmm. growth is productivity that saves your time. That productivity growth saves your time. So you can't okay. measure it. Okay. Right? You can't you yeah, can't yeah. It, it's it, it's an unknown is the measure is unknown. The only way to measure that is through Bitcoin, because it's saving your time and prices are falling as a result. The only way to measure that is a fixed currency that accrues the benefit of that productivity to you and to everyone else. And so that what that means is even if you didn't own Bitcoin, then and prices fell faster and faster, you would still be winning, right? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. for it's for everybody. Now, if you own Bitcoin, you do better um, uh, than others if you hold if you hold Bitcoin, but but it's price, it's pricing the whole world in service to the whole world. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm processing this because, you know, uh, there's something also that, uh, you know, one of the promises that Max Kaiser made to, to Naive Bukele because he's he's uh, yep. Bitcoin advisor. Yeah, I know Max really well. Yeah, I, I want to bring him to the show. Tell him that he wants to be there. Okay, because... yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, no, but one of his promises is that to make El Salvador debt-free by 2030, right? So... Uh, and through Bitcoin and everything that implies Bitcoin, right? Like everything that we have seen in this the past few years and what's coming next. So let's say that El Salvador get debt free from uh, from the system. So do you think? I don't know how to make this question, but do you think that El Salvador should keep their economy in Bitcoin price and start measuring everything? on bitcoin or, or, or basically what's the next step after that so 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 let me say this max understands this premise really well not just okay. this premise and 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 max also is talking through the new system in it pro if it if there was somebody that was so if you understand how long max has understood this and how few people and how few other people have um, you could probably understand also how crazy it would look like. What, what if you were the one calling for this <laughs> over and over and over again? Most people ignore you, ignored you, and then you saw them getting wiped out over and over again. So Max has known this for a long time, and I think Bukele has known this for a long time too. Um, and uh, and and they're right. Like and and that when what that means is you would want to keep your economy priced in Bitcoin. Because because you're going to grow faster than other nations because because of the competitive nature of that. So so if you're growing, if you're growing essentially, because you're the argument. Let's argue the counter argument. Right? Technology and and productivity um, and entrepreneurship are deflationary. And and why? You wouldn't as a user. Um, if something didn't add you more value in your life, you wouldn't choose it. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's all of this com competition. People are competing to give you more value, and you, on one side, you're you're trying to give more value to somebody else as as an entrepreneur, and on the other side, you're a purchaser. Same person. Right. How could it be? On one side, we try to give more value. And on the other side, we only purchase things that give us more value, but prices rise. It's impossible, right? Yeah. Because 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 we choose. We choose when we purchase something and everything, um, and we do that in a, in a, in a determination of when it provides value for us. So that must be deflationary. So and now today, exponentially so because the rails of driving it are moving exponentially. 
So let's pretend that that one day, five years in the future, Bitcoin says, nope, no longer Bitcoin, I'm going to create a fiat world. Mm-hmm. What that means is essentially I'm stealing from people faster. And as one system moves forward in the world, then this system will break faster. And it'll look like El Salvador did five years ago, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's what would happen. And there's going to be a whole bunch of nations that try to do that by control of their money. But they'll break faster because what they're, they're artificially stealing from people. Mm-hmm. And people will move from those nations to nations that treat them honestly. Businesses, businesses will move from those nations to take advantage of of where I can build long term stability. Um, and um, and you see this. I think you're seeing an early glimpse of this in El Salvador, and even last year when I visited, and I loved El Salvador. Um, the uh, you're seeing an early glimpse of of hope, um, of of truth, of, uh, and a better future, and. And businesses and El Salvadorians are taking advantage of that and creating creating value. We're at the very early stages of that, but that explodes into more and more value. And El Salvador are looking incredible on the world map as a result of that. Yeah, actually, I was I was going to ask you about uh, your impressions, basically, of, of my homeland, because, you know, there's two sides. There's always the two sides that people say that, of course, in El, in El Sante and also in San Salvador, um, you can see the, that it's a Bitcoin circular economy, right? But, of course, we need to still... Yeah, there's two, si- there's two sides. Um, so I'm going to say two things there on my experience. I wrote a blog post okay. about this. Uh, uh, when I when I came, so so there's a pro Bitcoiners and the Bitcoin maxis that haven't been there that would typically say uh, everything's winning, everyone's using Bitcoin everywhere in in El Salvador and it's across the board. And you and I both know it doesn't look like that, right? It's still early, right? And there's a lot of people in El Salvador. You wouldn't have this podcast if everyone was using Bitcoin. Right, Definitely. you wouldn't need you wouldn't need to because everyone was already understanding it. So I would say the vast majority in in El Salvador don't quite understand this yet. They understand that it's more hopeful, and that but they don't quite understand the details of what this means. Um, and then and then in that um, you also see so that's one side, and then you have the alternative side. I'm talking about press from around the world saying how it's a failed experiment and mm-hmm. everything else and um, how it's 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 ter- terrible and both sides are, are, are just polar off opposite narratives that mm-hmm. that aren't aren't true what's true is is it's early and the people that are understanding this are creating valuable businesses and it's spreading out it's it's emerging through El Salvador. And that emerging is also driving a bunch of tourism to explore what's happening in El Salvador. And so driving a whole bunch of investment from around the world to explore what's happening, to, to say, huh, I can now make a bet in El Salvador, a long-term bet in El Salvador. And so it's driving, so it's early, and that will emerge, and it's getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Again, one of those things is you being El Salvadorian, being able to create a podcast that can touch millions of people in El Salvador and help them and create and, and create wealth for yourself. That wouldn't have existed five years ago in El Salvador. It didn't exist. Right. So all of these little things add up to something that's very, very big. And as our minds change to move over be able to move this then the, then it expands um it expands faster and faster so what i would describe that as it's just early um i had this i had this talk with uh when i went down there uh ypo uh, ypo group um and the ypo group at the time was very anti-bikili mm-hmm. um and, and 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 as a result they were and potentially because much of their wealth was driven in the old system, mm-hmm. right? 
and um, it, it, that was effectively controlled and extracted from other people. And so, uh, so, so, so the first step in in that uh, talk, because I'm I'm a YPO member here in Canada, and then have been for twenty years. So I was called, like, let's call it an insider to them. The first part of that talk was Bitcoin, and why they needed to get on side and understand because it create it could create so much wealth for them by creating value for other people and if they understood that i couldn't understand why entrepreneurs and business people couldn't understand that so after i got them over that hurdle and they understood that bitcoin is i have to take bitcoin seriously um it's important uh, it's, it's important for my family it's important for my business then some people were still very against it because of b kelly and uh because they couldn't they couldn't change. They couldn't take their view of Bikeli away from Bitcoin. And one of yes, them asked... It's too politicized, right? Exactly, too politicized. And one of them asked specifically, what's the, uh, what's the worst thing about Bitcoin? And, 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 and I said, um, the, you'll hate some of the people involved in Bitcoin, and they'll make it better for you. And, 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 and it broke his brain. Right, and 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 that and that was that that was the point. And now he's now he's a Bitcoiner, um, but um, but uh, because it doesn't actually matter. And the 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 thing that Bitcoiners say all the time: we are all Satoshi. It's for all of us. There is no leader of Bitcoin, and and so every single person that's a contributing to the system is making it in turn better for everybody else in the world. And Bukele is is one of those people that's making it better for everybody in the world yeah um uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a, a point of view that that i have and also a question because um i like what what he does but and uh i have friends and i know people that uh, of course are anti-bukele there's always a contrary side that, mm -hmm. right as you said so but one of the things that these uh these people always say so to me is that he's a dictator but this is this is what i don't understand how they can see them as a dictator if what if what actually what he's do is the opposite of a dictator because he gives power to the people right i know that the the law is so, so let, let, let's let's use that and let's you uh, this first okay. time i've ever decided to get into this topic because it's nuanced right okay the um and and because it's so nuanced you'll have people from both sides of this mm -hmm. um try to try to take issue with what i say and drive uh, drive a narrative um i i look at this could he have um could he have um because bitcoin in the end removes his power if he's a dictator is a byproduct of of going to Bitcoin if people are, use Bitcoin and they're decentralized and secure. It removes all of the state apparatus of control over them mm -hmm. and puts the state in service to them. So if he's a dictator and he knows that, maybe so now there's a couple of different options out of that. He's a dictator, he doesn't know that. Um, and so he's uh, so he uh, so he's just doing this for to be able to try to gain power, but as a result of doing that, doesn't matter. It it, it will remove his power. So when I said before, um, he by by contributing to Bitcoin, he is making Bitcoin stronger, whether you like him or don't like him. Right? Mm -hmm. That's what I meant. It, it makes no difference in the end. He is actually subverting his power in service of the people by uh, by going to Bitcoin, even if he was a dictator. Um, so there's kind of a number of options. He's a dictator, doesn't know that. He's a dictator, or he's a dictator, does know that, right? Um, uh, and it, and this is just a timing thing, um, or perhaps it's this. He totally knows that. And by the way, when I say perhaps, I suspect it's this. He totally knows what this means, um, just as much as you and I do. Um, and he's in service for uh, for El Salvadorians. 
in a long time and he's wanting to change El Salvador for the long time. And the only way to do that is to lock up a whole bunch of people uh, in prisons because the amount of power, if you didn't do that, wouldn't allow you to do the other thing. And and so and and potentially the only way to do that is is ensure that you have a second term as well to be able to to do that or at least you have a vote for a second term and you have to change some of the mandate to be able to do do that. So there's a couple of constructs there that that kind of feel like they oppose each other. How could you be for the uh, free market if you did these two things, right? You ran it, ran for an election again, and when when the constitution said you couldn't, and you locked up these uh, these people. But ask yourself: Is there any possibility that is there any possibility that he, probably he wouldn't have been murdered by by? Um, and if you think about the amount of power trying to keep the existing state uh, the corrupt money in power. From around the world, funding the same, fun, funding the same gangs um, that we're talking about here, funding them to be able to keep this instability. Would there be any way to actually do this without taking those actions? Mm-hmm. So I suspect it's the latter. I suspect that he knows this, and he had to, to make some some moves to be able to do this. And over time, we'll see. But it actually doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in the end because Bukele is one person. I'm one person. You're one person. And all of these actions are making Bitcoin stronger. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you because uh, I, kind of, I kind of think of the same way because that's actually what I was thinking. If he's giving power to people, that's the opposite of what a dictator does, right? So... But, the but, 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 but yeah, and, and one one of the things that I think you have to do, and that's why I just did it there. Um, you have to almost steal man somebody else's argument on why, so that they can understand kind of what those options are, because uh, because otherwise they'll be so locked into their their narrative, um, and and it's just a just a narrative. So the, the and the truth is, on some of the actions, if you said that that would look more like a dictator, they're right. And mm-hmm. and I just go to the next question: in service of what? Mm-hmm. In service of in service of more power, where you are. If it was in service to more uh, to more power, then he wouldn't be going to Bitcoin. Yeah, true. He will continue to be on this fiat system. He would be. He would be. Yeah. He, he, uh, it would be all a, a ruse. Bitcoin might just be a marketing ploy to gain more power, but if he if he is serious about more more Bitcoin education, which sure certainly seems like he is, if you look at me, Premier Bitcoin expanding to all the schools in El Salvador, exactly, and, yeah. and some of the other things, this is it. It sure seems that he is in favor of what's happening in Bitcoin and he's making it stronger with every single person that's moving on uh, um, onto this network. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, one of my questions was that, uh, that I was going to ask you is that uh, going back to what you say at the beginning that just to say that everything must be priced in Bitcoin and uh, everything that I ask you about uh, Max Geyser that if if he thinks that he actually saw all of this before implement bitcoin because you know uh, uh, it's a lot so but because so, people so say uh, that it was about marketing yeah and, say- and 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 again um people bash uh max max says the same thing that uh, Bekele does, and right, and people want to uh, bash Max for certain things he said. Now, if you look at his interview history from a long time, right, he he created Max Coin, he created an altcoin, he created a bunch of different things too, as he was learning what this looked like. Mm-hmm. So, so perhaps some of it on the he, so what that just says to me is he too was learning what this looked like, just like all of us, because it's a new system. And as he understood it more, he became, uh, he became more, uh, more and more aligned to it and the principles and everything else. Now imagine doing that for, for now, 15 years or 14 years. And, and, 
and thinking through what people would say about you, whether, and then you turned out to be right again and again and again, you probably start just tuning people out or, or laughing at them or, or, or whatever. And so I, I, and, and that probably in that case for Max gets more people to, to amplify or hate that and everything else. And it drives a kind of a persona of what the, uh, of what this, this looks like. It's the same or the same thing that we said with, uh, um, uh, with Kelly and everything else. We typically look at somebody else, um, through our own filter of our own experience rather than what they are. Um, and so we, we don't see the nuance in somebody. We see what, what our own filters spreading back, uh, back, uh, back to us. And that's, um, and, and so, no, I think he's seen this for a long time. He's been, he's been, um, uh, he, he's, he's been trying to yell at people to save them. Right. And, and they haven't listened in, in, in many cases, but he has also learned throughout the course of this, just as I have, just as you are now, just as Michael Saylor has, just like we all are. Um, mm -hmm. what does this look like? It's a, it's a new system and it's emerging and that system is all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I also want to ask you about AI, but I think, uh, we, we need to do a, a quick break. And, uh, so I want to do the, normally the trivia, yeah, I took like several minutes, but we're going to do it quick because I want to, to get deep dive into AI. And I also, I'm very respectful with your time, but I want that we, um, uh, cover a little sure. bit about about ai so sure. <laughs> so as i mentioned at the beginning three questions of the trivia okay. the our audience already know how it works so let's dive into it so three questions one about general culture one about bitcoin and one about solver so let's do it and uh let's, let's start with the solver so what is the name of the i'm going to give you four four options okay and okay so What is the name of the government agency responsible for overseeing the implementation of Bitcoin as legal tender in El Salvador? So A, National Bitcoin Foundation, B, Salvadoran Crypto Commission, C, National Bitcoin Office, or D, Central Bank of El Salvador? I'm going to go with C. Final answer? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, National Bitcoin Office, exactly. <laughs> Is the government agency responsible for overseeing the implementation and adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender? <laughs> yeah. Well done, well Okay, so the next one is uh, quite easy. <laughs> so since it's about Bitcoin, uh, what is the primary function of the Lightning Network in the Bitcoin ecosystem? So A, to increase block size, B, to provide in-case privacy, C, to facilitate faster and cheaper transactions, or D, to create a new form of digital currency? C. Yeah, to facilitate faster and cheaper <laughs> transactions. Yeah. And, and the last one um, is about general culture. And so it says, in Greek mythology, which hero was known for his exceptional strength and was tasked with completely 12 labors as a punishment of his deeds. Uh, A. Perseus, Perseus. B. Achilles. C. Hercules. Or D. Odysseus. Odysseus. C. Odysseus. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, you're the first person that had three, of, three out of three. Wow. Oh, really? So, yeah, <laughs> for real. Wow. wow. <laughs> Well done, well done. <laughs> well done. So, okay. Uh, well, I, I'm impressed, right? <laughs> I'm impressed. Okay. So, let's continue. Uh, you know, uh, I have seen, well, I have seen, I have read uh, also, as I mentioned in your book, and uh, one of the things that you also talk about, and I think this this is a hot topic because even Even yesterday, I think there was a new, and I want to ask you about that. But uh, I want to uh, to ask you about AI because you also talk about AI. 
So, um, so one of my question is that usually how, how do you think that, uh, AI will help in order to, uh, to make everything deflationary? I, I know that. Yeah. So, the, so I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm not going to answer the, that specifically, but I'll answer it. Well, I will, but, uh, but I'm going to change that a little bit. Um, your, your question, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So if you think about Bitcoin and AI, it's almost like polarity. They're opposites, right? Or, or one enhances the other. So artificial intelligence, um, is a massive productivity, uh, booster. If you look at your human brain, um, what we do, um, all it is, is a biological computer that, that through, so if you're, your eyes don't see the way you think they they see, right? They're taking in photons, um, and they they convert those photons to electric signals that create uh, create um, experiences in your brain, same as ears, same as taste, same as everything else. And those in practicing something over and over and over and again, you get better. And so the human brain is really what it's doing is error correcting. Right. If you um, if you practice something over and over and over and over again, you're better than that thing than your friends. But but you you also become so narrow in that that you might not be better better at something else, right? So our our brain is just error correcting, and and then we stand on top of other people who error correct for us, and that's the the life experiment in so of us. And so what's happening is computers are getting faster and better at error correcting than us. And they're taking all of these uh, um, models of our experiences and they're faster sorting and, fa and and better at error correcting than us. But that, and what, what that means is it's a super enhancer to productivity. Um, and pretty soon it won't just be in the digital realm. It will merge with, with machines that'll tie into artificial intelligence algorithms and you'll have, um, and those prices of those machines will fall faster and faster and faster as well. What that, and if you extrapolate forward, that means a robot today that can do one, one type, type of task over and over and over again, will be replaced by a robot tomorrow that can do everything you can do, but way faster and cheaper. And it can work twenty four seven, um, and and then that robot will fall in price from today, call it eighty thousand dollars, to tomorrow costing five thousand dollars or two thousand mm dollars. -hmm. And as it does that, the labor rate per hour of the robot will move from today. It's about seventy five dollars. So I I have a friend who has a robotics company who does this, by the way. Um, a, a, a good friend, and it's one of the leading robotics companies that most people don't know. Today, the robot isn't just, can go into a store and learn how to run the whole store. Wow. Check out, loading shelves, unloading truck, sweeping, doing everything, dealing with customers. Not one item can do everything. But the cost of labor today in that robot, with, the, with both AI and the robot, is about a hundred dollars an hour. So some stores are, are doing this just because they want to do it early to be able mm -hmm. to see what this looks like. Mm -hmm. But but he he thinks within four years the cost of that labor will be five dollars an hour. Wow. That's so, mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I said prices fall to the marginal cost of production and these things merge, what I'm saying is that's the path we're on anyways. And so you could either you could either do one of two things. Say, I'm going to make life more expensive for everybody by manipulating money so that when their job gets replaced by a robot or automated by a robot, they have no place to go but come back to the state, right? And they're and they're and they're living in a ghetto <laughs> trying to trying to get enough food and they're reliant on my manipulation of money for survival. Or I'm going to let prices fall as, as technology is in service of everyone. And so what I just described are two different re realities that are playing out today, and they are both playing out at the same time. If you're living pricing your world in Bitcoin, you have the latter 
prices are falling at that rate of everything in favor to you. If you're pricing from the existing world, you're living in the former and it's going to get harder and harder and harder. You're going to be really confused with what's happening. So that's why I, that's why I'd say is Bitcoin is the only possibility that I see that artificial intelligence is in service to us instead of used against us. Okay. But hold on, but uh, there's two sides also because we cannot say this about ChatGPT, for example, because ChatGPT is the same of WarCoin. And now we have seen... No, uh, no, it is not. No, it is not. It, 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 is, it isn't. It's not the no? same as WorldCoin. WorldCoin oh, is no. trying... So ChatGPT oh. is trying to create an AI world... And WorldCoin is trying to capitalize on that AI to be able to concentrate it all in WorldCoin and Sam Altman's hands. Mm -hmm. So, 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 but they're different. ChatGPT also follows what uh, the law, economic laws of prices fall to the marginal cost of production. Oh. And what I would, and why I know that's true is it, I use ChatGPT, cost me $20 a month for the full version. Um, and, but I also now use, if you go to, uh, 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 is it chat GPT or no GPT for, for, or GPT for all.com for mm -hmm. people, you can download all the models, all the other models for free to your computer. Really? So I can, I, so I have completely free AI today on my computer. It takes a while to download, uh, download completely free. Um, and the, um, and, and I can compare models against each other and build more models and train my own models on top, on top of that. And it only gets better from here. So what, what that means is if I don't have the internet, I still have all of human history knowledge in my models on my computer. Mm -hmm. It's already free. Uh, no, but my confusion was because, uh, uh, then because the creator of ChatGPT is the same of Warcon, right? Or I don't know. So, so, but they're two different economic businesses. So, so, mm -hmm. so I'm going to say, I think Sam Altman is confused like most people. He, he's living in the existing system and he might be smart in AI, um, mm -hmm. but he's confused and he thinks he can create a better world on WorldCoin than the free market can. What he's really saying is, I'm going to concentrate all the demand up to me, and I'm going to control the world. Same as Elon Musk is doing the same thing with Neuralink, with, 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 with um, but not just with Neuralink, with Twitter and everything else. Yeah. Again, mm -hmm. so all of these, all of these efforts to centralize, are, um, uh, are in service to them instead of you. Mm -hmm. The wrapped up. In a in something that looks like they're helping you. Now I'm not saying that some of the stuff that Elon Musk isn't work it working on isn't great, but unless these unless this power unless this productivity accrues to you in the form of lower prices, every single person not arguing for the prices to accrue to you is arguing for all of that productivity to accrue to them instead of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so the only, the, yeah, the only thing that can stop that from happening is Bitcoin. Yeah. Mm. There's also a concept that uh, you have in your book that I think it's uh, you talk about creative destruction. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, I think it's a central theme in, in your book. Or at least I perceive it that way. But um, my question is uh, talking a little bit about that. How uh, how can individuals and societies embrace this concept to drive, you know, innovation and and, and, process, and progress? So, so for the people on your podcast that don't yet understand Bitcoin, mm -hmm. what I'd say is you have to understand it. Like, I mean, be curious, understand it at first principles. First principles is asking why, 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 ask five whys to get to the bottom of something. Mm -hmm. So if you said, why is inflation required? Most people just assume inflation is required in a productive economy. And they build everything on top of something that is not first principles, 
right? If you ask why, 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 what you get to is why would theft be required for trade between humans? Right. That's because that's what you're getting at in, in, in um, all over the world. Why is theft required? And some people say, well, we wouldn't buy things in, if prices went down. And I would say, would you buy food? Of course you would. Would you buy computers? Of course you would, because you do, right? Because you get more, computers keep getting cheaper and cheaper and better and better. So, and you buy them today. Would you buy phones? Of course you do. So, so the truth is in that, that, that people just haven't asked the question to get to first principles. And once you understand the world and first principles, you can better, better make um, decisions for where it's going based on those first principles and what will people do given different, uh, di uh, different experiences. But first principles of why, why this is important that people understand is really understand because if they don't understand what's happening in a change that is this great, and if they're building value inside a system that's going to steal their value, um, so then their life is going to get more and more confusing. Because the existing system is not a stable system. It's an unstable system that's going to get worse. And Bitcoin is a stable system that's going to get better. So um, as more and more people join it, uh, and you can be, and especially because El Salvador is a, it's a, it's a currency, it's a currency. You can be the you you have the opportunity to be leaders in the world. Every single person out of El Salvador, if they if if they actually want to learn what this looks like, the transition of wealth from rich countries to poor countries um, is going to be or poor countries formerly poor countries that understand Bitcoin is going to be something that we never have seen in human history before that, that the speed and the rate of the transition of wealth and power because, because it's on that, on this uh, system and for the fortunate people of El Salvador, they're early in that system. So all it takes is learning to understand what that looks like. Absolutely. And that's why, the, uh, well, as you mentioned earlier, that, something that is doing the government with me, Premier Bitcoin, right? That they're implementing Bitcoin education now in schools. And I want I want to also ask you a little bit about that because you have also talked about rethinking about the education system, right? So what changes do you, do you believe that are necessary in our current education system to prepare the future generations? Not just yeah, so, Bitcoin. Yeah, so one... Yeah, one of the things I just said is thinking in first principles. But but if you think through today, with an internet connection and some curiosity and accountability, you can learn anything you want on any subject as deep as you want. You can get the top people, the top, top experts in the world on any subject, and then you can compare and contrast what other people are difference between what they think and you think and everything else. So all it takes right now is um and the speed and the rate of that change is so staggering all that takes is kind of accountability and and curiosity those are the, the the two things so if you had curiosity if you had curiosity but you only looked for 10 minutes a day or just looked on twitter or tiktok you're not probably going to learn anything but if you actually wanted to to take accountability for that and and um, curiosity and accountability, then you could learn anything about anything to, to do that. Now, in today's world about education, how could you train a teacher to be able to train students at the rate this is moving? Yeah. And what you and what what you see is is how the world is changing, and it favors the people that are cu more curious and more 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 learning, and that changes education dramatically as well. Because uh, well, but that that's one of the ways that AI can help, right? Because of the, the speed of of learning something, because you know we used to search something through Google, but now we go and ask directly, for example, ChatGPT, or we can. Even we can ask to teach us about something like, I don't know, the string theory, like explain it as a five years old, right? 
any anything in in right now it's possible that you're going to use subtitles for this you're probably going to use uh, uh chat gpt or something to provide this yeah subtitles. whisper actually <laughs> yeah exactly and and in um and so that wasn't available before so this is mm -hmm. this couldn't six months ago a year ago this you couldn't have done that without a huge cost and so what you can see and just even what you're doing you're providing that value six months from now my voice will be speaking spanish and my lips will be moving in 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 the same as spanish and you won't need to do subtitles it'll do um it'll do it for you all over, or any different language all over the world with the touch of a button and it'll be free so uh jeff uh i will let you go i know you have something else to do but uh, hopefully i will like to have you again in the show thank you for being here and uh, to teach us about everything and thank you for for your time uh, thanks a lot. One one thing I just want to add just before you go, if people are looking for me, go to jeffbooth.ca. Some of the content that I write there uh, is there. And be careful. So any of my social handles, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on TikTok. Um, but so many people try to scam people by saying they're me. So if my, if my credentials aren't on jeffbooth.ca, it's not me. Okay. I will I will put it on the podcast notes. And one last question: Are you in Nostar too? Yeah, right. I am on Nostar. That's in fact that's primarily where I spend uh, my time today. Okay, so I will put uh, your socials in and and pop on there. Perfect. All right, Jeff. Thank you very much. Okay. Right, thanks, Juan. See, See ya. ya.